Welcome to the Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. I'm your host, Silwan, coming to you today from Idaho Falls, Idaho. It is as gorgeous as you might imagine. Flew into Salt Lake City, drove up about three hours to Idaho Falls, most of the way following mountain ranges, wide, expansive valleys, homes in the hills. It's awesome. It was as incredibly beautiful as I would have ever imagined. Now, driving up that three hours, I had a lot of time to think. Especially in the country that I was in. I stopped a couple of times in small towns, gas station. Saw lots of people in pickup trucks. Hauling four-wheelers. Very few masks, by the way. And I thought of freedom. And I thought of the men and women who founded our country. And I don't know why kind of started rattling around in my brain, but I started thinking about George Washington's farewell address given in 1796 as he stepped away from public life. So I sat down when I got settled after a workout and walking up and down the Snake River that goes right through Idaho Falls. And I looked up George Washington's farewell address. Now, one of the first things that hit me as I read it was what poor readers and writers we are today. (laughs) I mean, you read that, it's like at a PhD level. Average high school kid couldn't understand it. I guarantee it. It's probably one reason younger generations don't know much about our founding fathers because they can't read it. But I'm going to share some of it with you today. And maybe a little bit more of it as the week goes on. It's a very long address. We couldn't possibly go over it all in one podcast. But today, I want to focus on the beginning. Because in the beginning of it, after he talks about the great honor he has had in serving our country, he talks about what made up our country then. What wove it together. The shortest paragraph in the entire address is this one. Interwoven as is the love of liberty with every ligament of your hearts, no recommendation of mine is necessary to fortify or confirm the attachment. What was he saying there? The love of liberty, the love of liberty was so overpowering, so great, so woven into the very fabric and marrow and blood and sweat of our country He almost apologized for talking about it. Ours was a country of liberty. And then he goes on to talk about what government's job is. The unity of government, which constitutes you one people, is also now dear to you. The role of government is to unite us. It is justly so, for it is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, of your safety of your prosperity, of that very liberty which you so highly prize. 
the unity of government, he says there, is to make sure we have our liberty. Later on in his address, he talks about the danger of parties. He predicted what would happen to our government where party became more important than unity. Party became more important than liberty. He goes on. But as it is easy to foresee that from different causes and from different quarters, much pains will be taken. Many artifices employed to weaken in your minds the conviction of this truth. So he foresaw that parties and people and interest would arise to weaken our sense of liberty, to weaken our sense of unity. As this is the point in your political fortress against which the batteries of internal and external enemies will be most constantly and actively directed, though often covertly and insidiously. It is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness. See, a country united in the love of liberty is powerful. And many forces external to us and internal to us will try to break down that unity. You should cherish a cordial, habitual, and immovable attachment to it, accustoming yourselves to think and speak of it as if the palladium of your political safety and prosperity, watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety, discountenancing whatever may suggest even a suspicion that it can in any event be abandoned and indignantly frowning upon the first dawning of every attempt to alienate any portion of our country from the rest or to enfeeble the sacred ties which now link together the various parts. What was George Washington saying? There was one critical factor that united our country. Liberty. That's it. Liberty. Lots of different people, lots of different beliefs. As he goes through his address, he talks about how people were in the South and in the West and in the East and in the North. And uniting all of it was liberty. Now, look up the definition of liberty sometime. I'll read it to you. But look it up. Ponder the words. The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life Behavior are political views. The state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life. Behavior are political views. Something tells me if George Washington was walking around today watching people wear government-imposed masks, he would puke. And he might even be wearing one. He might think it's a good idea. It's the opposite of liberty. We'll never be united by fear. We will never be united by divisions and labels. What unites our country today? Not much. Maybe you could say it's consumerism. But the only thing you could say unites us, which is such the opposite of liberty in so many ways, is just consumerism. We all want to buy stuff. It don't matter what your politics are, you use Amazon. It don't matter what your politics are, you go into Walmart. That's about it. We have been a country divided by labels. So much of our politics today are labels. 
It's one of my pet peeves when somebody tries to get votes because they're going for the black vote or the gay vote or the woman vote or this vote or that vote. That's dividing us when you do that. That shouldn't be what unites us, labels. No, labels are what divide us. Liberty should be the thing. Love of freedom. A government that is not oppressive. That is what George Washington loved. That is what George Washington said to fight for and to sustain. That's it. A country of liberty. That's it. As we are in this political season, as you wonder how you're going to talk to your neighbors, as you think about who you're going to vote for, why you're going to vote for them, maybe you're undecided, maybe you're not, maybe you know exactly, maybe you've just always voted the way you have. I want you to think of one thing. If you want to vote for what made us great, vote for who you think is going to give you the greatest liberty, the greatest freedom, who's going to be the least oppressive, who's going to trust you to be free, not tell you how to be free. That's America. George Washington in his address, that's his America. That's the America he would recognize. One of freedom. Now, Freedom's scary. Freedom is dangerous. Freedom was won by revolutionaries. It's not always comforting. Doesn't always tell you what you want. Doesn't always give you what you want. But it is the pillar of real independence. Verbatim from what I just read you. It is a main pillar in the edifice of your real independence, the support of your tranquility at home, your peace abroad, your safety, your prosperity. Liberty and unity in liberty are the things that keep us one. Anything externally or internally that tries to take away our unity that tries to turn us into labels and divisions instead of Americans united under liberty is the opposite of what America was founded on. We have come to a time we need revolutionaries. We need people willing to speak up for scary principles, hard principles, but the most important ones, freedom, liberty, justice for all. So you get a chance, Google George Washington's farewell address, 1796. Make sure it's quiet. It's not easy reading. Start at the beginning, take notes, and when you're done, close your eyes and ask yourself, would George Washington recognize our world today? What would his vote be? What would his position be? What would he be telling us to do? There's a little George Washington in all of us. He got pushed into the position. He didn't want to be president. He didn't want to be a general. He got called. He wanted to be a farmer. He wanted to be on his estate. He got pushed into duty. Maybe you need to get pushed into duty. Maybe it's time you spoke up. Maybe it's time you did more than you've done. 
fight for liberty. Like an eagle. Like an American. I say eagle because as I pulled into Idaho Falls today, it's pretty cool. They got this sculpture right in the middle of town. It's humongous. I bet it's 50 foot high. And it's this eagle fly into its nest and the little baby eaglets are there and there's animals all around. I drove by it. I'm just like, that's America. Freedom, soaring, flying. Fight for it, my friends. Fight for it. Bring out your inner George Washington and rock the liberty. So until next time, my friends, I want you to aim high. Spread your wings just like George Washington would. And we'll have a little bit more from his farewell address tomorrow. And never forget to keep your eyes on the things that matter. And today, I just want you to think of one thing that matters. Liberty. The power of a country unified under liberty that made us great and is being attacked. Fight for it, my friends. Fight for it. So until then, I'm your host, Silouan. Peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride. Silo on Green.